Okay, Wiz. NFC time. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Doing our Week 7 recap and a little bit of a look ahead to Week 8. Wiz, you get the lucky, lucky draw of doing the NFC East. Lucky you. Alrighty. Well, you know, right now, you know, we're getting close to the halfway point of the season. And, you know, as of right now, I would say that the best team in the NFC East is the Washington football team. And there's a few reasons for it. Um, one is, look, we all want to have on our team the Christian McCaffrey's or the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world or, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, what wins football games, what wins important football games are two things, protecting the quarterback and rushing the quarterback. And if you look at the offensive and defensive lines of the NFC East, clearly to me, the most dominant line of the potential offensive and defensive lines of all four teams is the defensive line of the Washington football team. Uh, You know, Ryan Kerrigan and Chase Young and Montez Sweat and and Bostic and, and Jonathan Allen, you know, they, they are uh, the most dominant. You know, when, when the season started, you would say clearly the most dominant of those teams is the Cowboys' offensive line. But that offensive line is depleted, injured, and the Washington football team can get after the quarterback better than, much better than any of those other teams. And I'll tell you something else why I like them. You know, I, I like some of the young receivers in that division. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of, of, of Travis Fulgham, uh, and, um, and, and, and Darius Slayton's a good young player, and you certainly know how much I love CeeDee Lamb. But right now, clearly the most polished wide receiver in that division is Terry McLaurin. Uh, he is almost an unstoppable force at wide receiver, and uh, if you combine that with the one-two punch of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, and Kyle Allen seems to be a competent thrower. I like the Washington football team. Uh, I don't have to like give a full analysis of all the other teams. We know what we've seen out of, out of the Giants. Uh, we've seen how brutal it looks in, in Dallas. And, you know, the Eagles play with a lot of heart, and, and Fulgham is a good player, and I'm just wondering if Miles Sanders is going to play. Make Boston Scott another fantasy factor this week, but of the four teams, I like the Washington football team for the reasons I mentioned. Anything you wanted to add, agree or disagree with that comment? Oh no, no, I definitely agree. Uh, you you know, this week I really like the Redskins against the Cowboys, and uh, for the exact reason that you talked about that that, that their defensive line was going to get after the depleted offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys, and they did that. So I, I agree with you. This team's playing very inspired football. They kind of rallied around Ron Rivera and his situation that's going on right now. So I like the direction of the team. You mentioned the young players that are playing extremely well. You know, it's a good story there. You know, the Giants, this is very interesting. Daniel Jones is either fumbled or thrown into deception in every single one of his starts. So, you know, you've made a right call there. I, I was definitely premature and looking for that player to kind of, 
I think become a you know a more consistent offensive player, and it's not been the case. And you know they, they've just got a lot of issues. You know wherever you look on this team, I know Evan Ingram has been mentioned in trade talks. I will say this about the Eagles: um, if Dallas Goddard, if you're in a shallower league, and Dallas Goddard is 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 on a waiver wire, you better make sure to go get that player. Um, Zach Ertz is going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, from from the receiver standpoint, you know you mentioned Fulgham, and they they lost once again. They've lost to Sean Jackson, uh, so guys like you know uh, War, Greg Ward and and uh, well Jalen Rager is supposed to come back. Those are the, and Hightower. Those are the guys who are going to be catching the football here alongside Fulgham. So uh, Boston Scott will get another start this week. Uh, you know after that after the bye week, you should see Miles Sanders return. I guess I want to ask you is you know with the situation in Dallas. Uh, is it time to consider, you know, you think about the situation, how the season started. Dak Prescott, this team was throwing for, you know, 400 yards a game. And now we're relegated to, you know, Andy Andy Dalton getting knocked out in this game. Ben DiNucci is now, you know, probably going to quarterback this coming week. Do we now have to start thinking about not playing these Dallas Cowboy players or even maybe getting rid of these players if you, if you don't have a spot for them on your roster because they're just not going to yeah, be able to I mean, perform? Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, it's such a downgrade, and it hurts all of those guys if they're down to their third-string uh, wide receiver. I mean, third-string quarterback, you know, how that affects the skill guys. I mean, Elliott's going to get his carries, but that's going to be against a much more crowded box than with a quarterback that's really going to threaten in the passing game. Yeah, it certainly crushes Gallup and Cooper and the, even CeeDee Lamb. I mean, the connection with Dalton was just awful. Uh uh, I know in the game this past week, I think he had five or six targets and no catches, so it, it didn't it it didn't look good. And uh, yeah, it just you know shows the goes to show you in fantasy football that you know even if if there's a key injury, but it may not even be to your player, how much it affects your player. And uh, yeah, there's there's just tremendous downgrades for all the skilled players <clears throat> on the Cowboys. For sure. Yeah, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate because they were they really were such a fun team to watch, at least from the offensive perspective, the first couple of weeks. So, but anyway, that's uh, yeah, that's the messy NFC East. Uh, let's move on to the NFC North. Um, you know, we talked about the talked about Chicago already, um, so I'm not going to really continue on that. Detroit. Um, you know, look, Detroit, we thought this was a team, both of us, that, that had the opportunity to make the playoffs. Uh, they're getting back to 500 here. It seems like they're integrating uh, TJ Hawkinson much more into this offense. We talked about the shift that was probably going to start to happen at running back, and it has happened with DeAndre Swift really starting to take hold of this backfield. I would like to see Kenny Galladay used more than they already use him. I mean, he made a couple of big plays at the end of that game, uh, but Matt Stafford pulled a rabbit out of his hat uh, due to uh, Todd uh, Todd Gurley falling short, yeah, sorry, breaking the plane instead of falling short at the goal line and giving Detroit an opportunity to win that game, which they did. So a big win for the Lions. Um, you know, the Packers, after a lousy performance, they went on the road against a bad defense, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just absolutely lit them up. Uh, they showed they showed what they can do as an offense in terms of depth without Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams stepped in, had a very big game. It's really important to make sure you're, you know, some with some of these teams when their running back goes down, uh, you know, the guy behind them is just as capable as being a factor in the game. And it certainly was the case for Jamal Williams this past week. Um, but nice to see this big performance from from Aaron Rodgers after a terrible week last week. You know, I'm curious to see how the Vikings come out of this break. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins leads the NFL in interceptions, even though 
if you look at the duo of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they're ranked in the top 10, both of them, in terms of fantasy production. Uh, they were without Dalvin Cook last week. I'm not sure if he's going to play this week, uh, you know, or, or they'll give him another week off. But Kirk Cousins has to play better football. Uh, you know, Minnesota, you know, after kind of teasing us a little bit with a good performance, you know, they had a really lousy performance before the break. So let's see what happens if this offense kind of gets back on, uh, on better footing and not turning the football over. I'd say the one thing with Minnesota, the last two games, Irv Smith Jr. has started to make some noise on this offense. And I think that's something to note. Uh, you know, if, I'm sure Irv Smith Jr. is hanging around on a lot of waiver wires. And if they keep utilizing them the same way they used them the last two weeks, that's good news for fantasy owners. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings made it very easy for Aaron Rodgers the first time around in Minnesota. They weren't even covering Devontae Adams. It was a complete joke. So we'll see if they could shore up their defense a little bit more and give Green Bay a competitive game. I don't know. I predicted the Lions or picked the Lions to upset and win this division. And I'll be honest, I'm not giving up on that thought yet. Um, You know, now they have Galladay back. And without him, they're a completely different team. So I love the fact that, excuse me, Galladay's back, and um, and, and their offense seems rolling and combining that with the, excuse me, the, the Swift, you know, being utilized more. The offense seems to be much, much more confident, and um, and 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 putting up points and. Uh, I just don't like that they're not giving up on Peterson. Like they, they've got to make Peterson just a clear backup to DeAndre Swift and get those skill guys rolling. And uh, and Marvin Jones had his like kind of his wake up game uh, this past week. So uh, we'll see how it plays out with the Lions. But I, you know, I'm expecting better and more from the Lions than they've they've shown so far. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Let's move on to the NFC South where it seems like Tampa Bay cannot get their best receivers on the field at the same time. I, I mean, Godwin, I have a lot of equity in Chris Godwin this year and was happy to see him have such a big game. And then, sure enough, the news came out. He broke his finger in the game. He's going to miss this week. Who knows if there's going to be more time missed. But, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting when they actually have – Miller, I mean, Brown, Godwin, and Evans on the field at the same time. I don't know if that'll be week nine or a little bit later than that, but the way their defense is and their offense is so explosive at putting up points, I think they're a notch above the Saints who won another tough game at home. It seems like every game, games that they used to play at home in years past, they would win the game so easily. It just looks like everything is a struggle. Very impressed with Carolina. They, 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 they fight and claw every single game. They're on Thursday night. Um, I, this is a Thursday night game that I'm actually looking forward to because a lot of good players on Carolina. I like the way they move the ball. I like the way they run their offense. So they're creative and innovative. So, uh, you know, I have, we, we don't really like Thursday night football, but I think the Panthers playing against the Falcons actually from a fantasy football game will be uh, interesting and <laughs> as far as the Falcons go, I mean, 
you know, when you could say that eight guys staring at an onside kick is not the most devastating way they lost this this year, that's saying something. And Todd Gurley, who has actually had games where he's had a first down and instead of continuing on, he's, you know, fallen down in the field of play and understanding to run out the clock so he knows better and just did not catch himself and his momentum to catch, you know, make him fall into the end zone. And it, the whole thing was kind of hilarious to watch a Detroit Lions player put his arms up in the air signaling touchdown that the other team scored because they wanted the ball back. It, it's just something that, you know, you're just thinking, my goodness, is this like the twilight zone that's happening here? But the Falcons, I mean, this will be a season for more than just COVID that the Atlanta Falcons and fans of the Falcons and fans of football will never, ever forget. Yeah, it's uh, it's brutal to watch that team play. It's just, and they keep showing Arthur Blank after these games. I I don't know how he, I don't even know how he's showing up for these games. I really don't. The poor guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think there. I really don't know what to think. I mean, I think Carolina Atlanta will be an interesting game, like you said. I mean, Carolina's played inspired football most of the year. I actually like Carolina against New Orleans this past week, and 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 they did cover. Um, you know, I, I like what they're doing on offense. Teddy Bridgewater certainly seems to have a lot of confidence. I, I Wiz, I got to ask you, you know, what's your feeling about this? There's some of the stuff coming out of New Orleans about Mike Thomas. To me, is very concerning about you know he had the he, obviously the injuries have been playing a part right now, but fights with players, comments by some of the players, I don't know. I, it just smells kind of rotten in Denmark when it comes to the situation around Mike Thomas. The, the one player who's big time benefited from Mike Thomas's absence is Alvin Kamara, who's who's basically stayed healthy and he's. He's kind of the number one fantasy running back for all intents and purposes right now. So he's playing well. Um, and Tampa Bay, you know, Tampa Bay really looks like a Super Bowl team in the making. The Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa Bay this year. And uh, they're getting better. They've got to stay healthy, obviously. Godwin going down is not a great situation. But A.B. is around the corner. Scotty Miller chipped in this week, you know. I've been surprised because they've been getting production from Gronkowski um, and, and, and same thing with Braid a little bit here. Uh, Leonard Fournette showed a lot of burst this past week, so that backfield gets a little cloudier with the result of that. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. But Tampa Bay with that defense is going to be in every single game that they play. It's the meanest defense out there in terms of their front seven, putting pressure on the quarterback, stopping all teams' running activities. You know, this is a defense that has really played well for Todd Bowles. Yep, I couldn't agree more. So have at it. Talk to us about your views on what you've seen so far from the NFC West. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about the Rams. We've kind of covered that already. Uh, although I, I really do believe that Daryl Henderson needs to get the football a little bit more. There's no one that shows more burst on this team than him, and he runs with a very hard head of steam into that line. He breaks tackles. And I don't know why he's not touching the ball 20 times a game. He can catch the ball, too. I just don't think they're properly utilizing the player. So I'd like to see that change a bit more. Let's see how it moves on as the season progresses. Arizona's going to be off this week. They come off that unbelievable game. Probably the best game that I've seen all year. The Arizona-Seattle games. Zane Gonzalez had an opportunity to redeem himself. He did. Kyler Murray was outstanding. 
Big catches all day long from DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk has been performing at a really high level for a bunch of weeks now. Uh, so a, a player that I actually have a lot of confidence in. And situation's really going to change here on with the running back situation because it looks like Kenyon Drake is going to miss a number of weeks now, uh, whether it's Two, three, four weeks. We got to see what happens there. But Chase Edmonds, we talked about this player. He seemed prime at this moment, moment in time. Comes off the bye week. He'll be very, very involved. We'll see who they use behind Chase Edmonds. I guess, you know, Benjamin will get an opportunity to play as well. Uh, but, you know, Arizona is playing very, very good football, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Seattle, that defense without Jamal Adams is Swiss cheese in terms of their defensive backs stopping any offensive attacks. Um, I'd say the one big problem with Seattle right now is I'm not sure which running back is going to be on the field. We, we know Russell Wilson is cooking because, uh, you know, he is just doing magical things. This week it was hooking up with uh, Tyler Lockett with an unbelievable performance by the two of those players. Uh, DK Metcalf, you know, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, you know, basically the play of the season and the, and the hustle play, which makes up for that stupid fumble he had a couple of weeks ago where he didn't break the plane yet and he was kind of hanging the ball out like a loaf of bread and, and lost a, lost an easy touchdown. But nonetheless, that hustle play to prevent Arizona from scoring could have been a game-saving play for all intents and purposes, but ended up, unfortunately, them being on the losing end. But Seattle, Russ Wilson cooking. Uh, I think DJ Dallas may be an interesting player for this week. You know, we haven't talked about players uh, specifically, but, you know, everybody else is kind of banged up. Travis Homer and Carlos Hyde each got hurt in this game, and a midfoot sprain will affect the impact of uh, uh, Chris Carson for a while. It looks like he'll miss a few weeks. Uh, and lastly, San Francisco 49ers, well, Look, they went in, they dismantled New England. Uh, we thought this team was dead and buried. They're back, uh, but they have a big injury. Debo Samuel's going to miss a couple of weeks. I don't know if they can keep anybody healthy. You know, Mostert goes down. Jeff Wilson comes in again, three touchdowns, and unfortunately, he goes on to IR this week. So they're left with Hasty and McKinnon. I'm curious to think who you think is going to be the main uh you know, guy who's going to be the bell cow on this team, who's going to be providing the offensive outbursts. But I guess this really benefits, uh, you know, both Ayuk and and George Kittle from here without Debo Samuel in this attack. You know, those guys, and Ayuk is probably sitting out out there on a few waiver wires. He's going to be a must-own player kind of moving forward here for a few weeks. Yeah, no question. I mean, just touching briefly on the NFC West, just on the Rams, well, it's on my mind. As we were doing this podcast, I just received a trade offer from your boy Jimmy O, his nephew, sending me an electrifying offer. Let me read it to you. It's Cooper Cup from the Rams of the NFC West and Zach Ertz for Darren Waller. That was their great offer. Um, Cooper Cup, Vanilla Pancake, um, with his stat line, 6 for 50, 5 for 70, all of that stuff. Very plain Jane kind of receiver and a tight end who is out for maybe the rest of the season for Darren Waller. And my response was, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. So moving on to other teams in the division. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this is going to be an interesting week with the 49ers and Seattle. Um, 49ers have looked dynamite the last two weeks, but this is kind of really the test for them to see how they could do at Seattle. And to answer your question about the 49ers, I think um, 
Hasty is going to take over the main role and McKinnon's going to be used much more than he was last week. Look, I think the 49ers are down to two healthy running backs. So, um, you know, I, I just think uh, I just think McKinnon will get in there a little bit more than last week. But man, it's hard not to like from the, what you've seen from the explosiveness of uh, of Jermichael Hasty so far. So I, I, I like him. There's really no reason to to talk more about the Rams. We've talked about them enough. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is it. If you have Chase Edmonds. You kind of felt like there was going to be a changing of the guard, and Edmonds was dynamite in the game on Sunday night, and now he's got the keys to the kingdom. He is an absolute must-start, top 10 running back, fantasy football format, especially in PPR where he's going to catch three, four, five passes, maybe even more every single game. So uh, a big, big winner is, is Chase Edmonds, who now becomes – in my view, just a top 10 guy, automatic, set it and forget it type of fantasy running back. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I have him in a couple of leagues. And I think, you know, for those of you who, you know, again, with a guy like Kenyon Drake, if you don't have uh, a guy like Edmonds as your backup, you know, you're going to have to look at the waiver wire for some other opportunities. But this was a guy that was becoming much more of just a handcuff. He was being utilized in this offensive lot and, a lot, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of how this plays out uh, with, with him kind of bearing, uh, you know, getting, I would I would guess, touching the ball somewhere between 15 and 20 times a game at least uh, to start. So good news, like I said, for, for Chase Edmonds owners. Um, but, yeah, we got, we got some great football coming up again this weekend. Uh, we, st- we started off Thursday with that Carolina-Atlanta game. A lot to talk about. I'm starting to look at weather reports. There, there are some going to be some issues with weather, I think, early on. So we'll talk about that as we kind of move through the week. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say today. Do you have any, anything further there, Wiz? No, that's, that's a wrap. Looking forward to Thursday. It's a good game from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, a lot of guys that will be started by fantasy football owners in that game. So, Looking forward to talking about that and, uh, and breaking down any uh, wages that we like on the game and player props as well. All right, good stuff. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Wiz, have yourself a good rest of the day, and we will talk to everybody later in the week. Have a good one. You got it.